Kraken Fancast, the podcast for Seattle Kraken fans by Seattle Kraken fans. Release the Kraken. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a special playoff edition of Kraken Fancast. A little playoff check-in because lots of big games, and we can't wait two weeks to talk to you guys about Kraken hockey. They're in the playoffs. They just had a home game. So much excitement, so much to talk about. Sure, they're down two games to one as we record this, but it's 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 magical what we're experiencing. So we got to talk a lot about it. I'm your host, Chris Porter. I'm here with my colleague, Jim Cockrell. Nathan hopefully will join us on the next one. Uh, and we're going to be talking about the playoffs, games two and three. We spoke uh, last time after game one. Uh, Kraken FanCast, uh, of course, uh, we uh, talk uh, all things about the Seattle Kraken throughout the season. In case you're new to us, please uh, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, and Twitter. And uh, also you can listen to this podcast besides on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Podbean. We're also uh, heard on our own website, seattlekrakenfancast.com. So there's the little background info. Also, big thanks to our main sponsor, The Angry Beaver, Seattle's number one hockey-themed bar located in the Greenwood neighborhood of Seattle. If you're not going to the Kraken game, catch it at The Angry Beaver. And a lot of people around Seattle aren't going to the Kraken game because it's so sold out and there's overflows of people all over the Seattle Center. And we'll talk a little bit about that uh, with Jim because I've unfortunately had to, been, uh, had to be out of town for a few days. So... I am uh, missing these uh, two home games. Jim was a game three, and I want to hear all about it, Jim. Uh, but first, let's talk a little bit because uh, it, you know, it it happened uh, on the day we uh, were releasing our last episode, game two. Uh, I mean, it was we were on a high. Gosh, we we didn't know the Kraken are going to get swept. What's going to happen? You know, the very low expectations. They played a hell of a game one, winning that three to one, and then. Hey, they were on it. This was a close game they had against uh, Colorado. It was in Colorado. Uh, they were up, and then Colorado just, you know, came back and uh, won that one three to two. Uh, looking at the stats on that one, um, uh, you know, uh, it, you know, Grubauer, um, you know, he played played a decent game. I'm looking at my stats. Sorry, Jay, you may want to edit this unless you got the stats ready, uh, Jim. I do. <laughs> All I, right. he, you, know, you don't have to edit anything, Jay. Go for it. <laughs> no, no, he did play well. I mean, he it was he pulled a nine twenty seven for the day, so you can't complain on that. Um, yeah, I mean, and that was a you know what that was a huge physical game straight up. There was ninety combined hits in that thing. So, and I will be honest, um, I was uh, I was not um, available. For that game, I was out of town at a festival, but I did have the bar put the game on for me, and I was doing a lot of side eye watching, and I was looking at my phone when I could. Um, it's a good game. I mean, we were in it the whole way, and like I said, a big heavy game, uh, and that's that Schultz kicked it off, and then that tan of shorty with the the kiss to the crowd that I saw later. People were texting me going, <laughs> "Did you see that kiss?" And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" So I've, obviously, I had to rewind it and play it, and I thought. Okay, that's kind of cool, but at the same time, I saw the final score, and when I see a loss, I'm thinking, okay, that just doesn't have anywhere near the effect on a loss. So 
No, it doesn't. <laughs> at know? the time, you know, and I kind of caught out of the corner of my eye while I'm watching the game. And like, what, what, what was that? It looked like he was saying something to the fan, but I didn't, it didn't really register with me. But the uh, guys on TBS, because I had to, uh, being away, I had to uh, watch uh, watch the national broadcast and uh, they, they commented on it. So I was like, okay. But uh, it was, um, it was, it was, it was kind of a, a funny moment, a little, a little funnier after the fact, but uh, yeah, I mean, that game, uh, you know, it was, they were in a, you know, Grubauer, you know, looked good, but uh, you know, God, Lick, Lickinen has been, you know, killing the crack and lately uh you know he he came yeah came up with that goal i mean they didn't get colorado didn't get any goals in the first one it was schultz schultz has been looking great in the in the playoffs so he had yeah. Schultz and Tana starting it out in the first period and we we're like all right they'll you know more going going more from you know from you know a little momentum from the first game and then right. And I wouldn't say, in my opinion, not so much the second. I mean, they they came back to tie it uh, with Nutrushkin um, uh, and uh, Lickin and with goals on that. But still felt they were in it. But man, a third pair, they just seemed like they 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 this looked like they were, I don't know, a little, little uh, out of gas to some degree. And uh, Taves uh, scored the winner um, at the, about twelve fifty nine mark. So um, you know, so they. They lost that one, but it was a competitive one, so it, it still gave some confidence, I think, for the for game three. Right, and if you look at the flow chart, which I'm a fan of, that third period was owned by by Colorado. So you know you're correct. Like I said, I wasn't able to watch it, but you could tell what was going on. I was just I was just encouraged that it was that tight. I kept you know looking at my phone occasionally and thinking, wow, they're still in this. They could bring this. Uh, they could maybe steal two down there, you know. Um, but no, they didn't, but here we are. Yeah. And like a lot of the playoff series, you know, a lot of them started out at one to one and, you know, it, it's tight. You, you were saying last episode, you know, for, first round of playoffs is, is is super interesting and can have a lot of surprises. So, okay, fine. So it's one to one and they're coming home. They're coming to Seattle. First playoff game in team history. First playoff game since uh, the early 1900s, I guess, for the Seattle Metropolitans, technically. Um, yep. And uh, this was this was quite the little offensive fest. In fact, it was looking like it was going to be ugly. It was going to be maybe you know a seven to one game there or something for a while. Uh, you know, for Colorado Camper and McKinnon uh, with goals right there, and then but uh, you know Jaden Schwartz kept them in it a little bit there with uh, kind of toward the end of the first period. And it was back and forth, back and forth. But and we'll talk a little bit about that. But I really should back up a little bit and talk about the experience, Jim, because you were there. I didn't get to be there. Um, and I know there was all this hoopla or supposed hoopla before the game and around the game. And I, everyone tells me, and it sounded like that on TV, even in the national broadcast, like it was the loudest of all the cracking games ever. I mean, tell, tell me about your experience on that. Okay, so I wanted to make sure I got there early, and my ride partner was heading up a little later, so I said, screw it, I'm going by myself early, because they were having one of the the plaza parties, like they do at playoff games or Stanley Cups or what have you, and it was to open at 4 o'clock, so I said, yeah, I'm going to be there and see what's going on, and uh, I get up there, and I'm meeting Don, our seat partner, and I expect to be able to, you know, find where is this pretty easily? And by the way, uh, prior to that, I remember seeing a tweet by uh, NHL to Seattle, probably John, uh, with a picture of the beer garden 
And so I knew where it was. It was on the west side, on the the all concrete side facing um what street is that, Chris? First Avenue. Is it first? Yeah, first yeah. Avenue North is first Avenue. Yeah, right between KXP and and mm-hmm. the corner there in Lenny Wilkins Way. Um, and I thought, gosh, that's kind of a small platform to be doing a a party, right? I was thinking in my mind, you know, if I'm running the event, I got to be on that grass. I got to be over by the fountain. I got to be over between, you know, the armory and the building, just where it's all happening. Anyway, it's not me. I get over there and I'm going, okay, oh, this is the beer garden. It was like a single solo tent. And I, th- I think I tweeted even to John, I said, or to NHL of Seattle, I said, I feel like they should have one of those on each side of the building, including the ends, <laughs> and all the way around the place. I'm it's not all kidding. Over. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because you, first of all, you had to get in a line to get into the tent. The line was fairly long and kind of slow. And then once you were in the tent, it was already packed. And I'll bet you, you couldn't hold more than 250 people in that tent. And did they have like you know? this big, huge screen TV there? Okay. So they had like three or four, you know, smaller monitor screens within the tent. But they also had, you know, where they pull up that trailer with the the merch every game? Yes, of course. On that pad there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's always sitting there. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but behind that is a permanent structure. It's a big permanent uh, constructed structures, probably some generator or some venting system or something that is normally where they have full on neon or advertisements going throughout game or whatever concerts playing. There's always some one or two screens. Oh, I know what you mean. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They were using that and it had two screens playing the Winnipeg and Vegas game going on at the, at the time, you know, pregame. So there was a lot of people just kind of stand. Thankfully it wasn't raining by the way. It had that threat all day. And people just kind of watching, going, oh, okay, that's all right to have that in the background going on. Why you, you could also hear, I think they were doing typical tape runs of like, uh, you know, or um, cracking radio broadcasts and stuff going on leading up, you know. Uh, they were just playing that stuff throughout the whole airways and trying to get people into it. And it was just, it was kind of okay, but I thought, you know, why would you stand in this beer? First of all, I don't drink anymore. Why would you stand in this line? And I did with my partner and wait to spend $16, $17 to buy a beer or uh, the crack and wine or whatever in a can. And then, you know, spend 30 minutes wasting your time standing there. I'm thinking, why not just stand in the line that's going to be going into the building and then go get your beer right away? You know what I mean? It just seemed kind of, I don't know. It just seemed kind Although of wasn't a, a waste this, of time. But also for a lot of people who weren't going in the arena. Well, okay, maybe it was. In fact, they were doing a raffle for tickets to the game. Fine. How many people are actually listening to that and driving down there to try to find a parking spot to actually be in a raffle to be there and do that? I don't think too many. Uh, yeah, I, don't I think know. Most I mean, people... we see that in Toronto or other cities, you know, especially Canadian. Well, cities, you're, there's no, a whole plaza and they have all the fans that can't get correct. Up, you know, I thought that was what I the agree. idea was. Well, yeah, but when we see that on TV, we're seeing it as the game's going on, right? Sure. A lot of these people were just there, period, before game, trying to get amped up, trying to get hooped up before the game, and then go in, right? That's what we were yeah, doing. Yeah, okay, there's certainly some of that, but I'm wondering, and, done, and the thing I've is, you were that. in the game, watching the game, but I was wondering, like, how many people were outside hanging out? I don't know, it's a I good question. More, yeah. It's a good question. All I know is, is I've done this in Boston, I've done it in St. Louis with you, I've done it in... um. I've done it in several places. I've done it in LA and granted th- those were finals. So finals are obviously a bigger thing. <laughs> There's a couple of things I said, and by the way, 
my partner that I was with thought the same thing, that it was kind of weak. I, I said, there should be bands playing here. At a minimum, Red Alert should be blasting horns somewhere, and they weren't. And that's um, why, because they usually Bowie, are in that plaza before. I that. know. And, and Bowie wasn't around anywhere. Not that I care one way or another, but he wasn't around. And I thought, it's just, somebody said, oh, yeah, another couple people, you know, our other friends that I work with were there. And uh, <laughs> she was, like, saying, texting me, like, where is this? You told me, listen for, you know, the craziness and the hoopla. And I can't hear it. Where are we going? I said, I'm over here. She says, I can't find it. And she shows up. And then I also saw a couple of the friends that we know. And they were saying like, this is like a funeral here. What's going on, man? <laughs> it was really, you know, it, it was really lacking pregame energy, which to me is what it's all about to get the crowd going. So I was a little concerned about that. So there was that was going on in the Seattle center side, like in the grassy area. Cause I thought they were going to no, do that side. Well, no, there was uh they were having some yo-yo competition in the freaking oh. armory. So yeah. I know it's like, yeah. <laughs> so obviously it was yeah, booked it's out, their right? first playoff time. They need a little work on it. No, okay. And Chris, I'm going to straight up say it. So are you ready for this? I said, <laughs> I said this to Don, I said, you know what? If Porter was running the show, there would be a band on each side of this with a beer garden on each side. Damn it. So, I mean, I, I did say that I'm not, I'm not hiding, man. I just, I, I thought that. it was pretty. And yes. I thought it was, I thought it was soft, Chris, and oh. the people I was with thought the same. So, okay, that being said, maybe it was for the people that were trying to come up and get a raffle ticket and just hang around the venue for whatever. That's fine. If that's the case, I still would have had bigger screens. Those two screens are too small for that. You know, they do in Toronto and everything is massive screen. I know you can rent that stuff out. Get it out there. I'm not going to harp on it too bad because once I went in that door, it was a whole new deal, man. So, you know, were they passing out? They have some towels for you or something or some, some well, tchotchke? first of all, once you got it through the gate, um, which was kind of surprising after experiencing the outside thing, it, it could just feel the energy. And there was just way more people milling about than usual at an earlier hour. You know, most people don't come in as soon as doors people did hear every line I got in, whether it was a bathroom line the lair, the lair was ridiculous. It was started. It started at the bottom of the escalators, went all the way down to the end of the exit door and back up. And I got in it twice for people. Yeah. And I got in it twice and I pulled out of it twice. I said, I'm not putting up with this. I got too many things to do. I got things I got to see around here, whatever. And I must admit, I was running from kiosk to kiosk to look for a playoff puck, but um, <clears throat> it just had a whole different, energy about it, a lot of excitement um everybody was jacked up yes because it's our first playoff experience and you know finally got to the seat uh at the appropriate time and of course there's a new uh, you know on ice presentation in building presentation from the standard uh production that they do in the past it's it was a little more ice uh projected stuff and not as much uh twins projection that i'm used to to the point where i thought are the twins not working again for a little bit here because i've been to a couple malfunctions there but after watching the whole presentation i realized no they just want it to be darker above and they want you to concentrate low on the ice which as you know we're down lower chris so it's a little more difficult to see the projections exactly what's going on but it was pretty cool the music was cool the mix was cool cool um they did a little 
film presentation to, you know, the history of sports in Seattle and some of the biggest moments that have ever happened to get you all amped up. They show the Stanley Cup on the ice uh, through projections. They showed pump it up, get loud. And it from that point on right there, it was okay. You know how they talked about the the climate pledge and Kraken and everybody else is really good about pumping up their own building. Like, you know, they always say the finest top finest buildings in the world and i'm like yeah just because you're saying it i mean it's nice and all but how do you even determine that how do you come up with that um and it's it's been loud but i don't know if you could put it like you know top five loud wherever um all i know is last night was tremendous it was like I was like, I was looking at my seat partners and everybody around. I'm like, whoa, this is like, this is crazy. I would not expect this. I get what's going on here with the moment, but man, it was noticeable. What, whether it was the power play stuff uh, with the muckle shoot power play thing or the goal song or just let's go crack. The let's go crack is right out of the box. We're insane. And I thought I thought to myself, you've got to hear this on the TV. I'm sure absolutely. I heard it loud and clear, and I've heard it before, but that was about yeah. as crystal clear as I had ever heard it. And the the announcers for the national game and the broadcast commented on the how huge the crowd was, like how loud yeah. and, and engaged and psyched the crowd was. They they there's no way you couldn't notice it. Right. Well, let's put it this way: it's the first time I've felt, you know that from what they're promoting all along that it's going to be one of the loudest venues around that they could actually say that and have it on on record as being that but and that was that was just an incredible vibe in there it was just really especially the two you know we'll go back to talking about the game a little bit but the the minute those two goals happened 19 seconds apart that plays freaking like uh, Todd Lightwicky said at the start when he was out there on the introduction on the ice he said we're going to blow this roof off the lid off this place and i and i got all i could think about was you when he said that because i thought how pissed off you were that they were spending all this money to do everything underneath that roof and yep. it was taking so long and that's why it's delayed i remember yeah. that so yeah, oh, oh I, I remember that i'm like really do we have to have that roof is it that important anyway i know sacrilege to anyway. some people are I, the iconic rooftop and i'm like if that's holding us up a whole other dang year i don't yeah, that, that's how i felt at the anyway time. i I I'm glad they have it now, that. but, you know, I was like... Yeah. No, I know, I know. But it was funny, because when he said that, I thought of you were going, oh, shit, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and it, you know what? He meant it. It was like a signal to blow that damn roof off, and it was just nuts. So, wait a minute. So, you and, said, he, so that, and this is a good segue to go to the game stuff that I stopped, because I was saying it was two to one. But So, it was two to nothing, but everybody was, like, still going no, on. No, 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 no. No, I went back to the to intro of the game. You know when when Lewicki, you know, yeah, no, but I know, but, the, but when the game started, you know they yeah. were down. So once the game starts, right. we, let's go crack and let's go crack and. But the intensity seemed didn't matter if they were down. People were still going nuts. Oh, totally. Well, first of all, um, Schwartz got it going with you know we opened up the scoring, correct? Yeah. Um, and that, no, I'm you know, sorry. Boom, yeah, Schwartz right? did, but I'm just saying. Then it went down yeah. two to one yeah. later in the. Okay, in, you're right. And then yes, and it was brutal. And when it was three to one, it was like, oh crap. But the it didn't matter what, whether it was a power play or a whatever, or just a a bad non call or or whatever. You know, uh, some chippiness in the corner, the crowd standing up. They, everybody was so involved. 
it didn't matter, man. It was it was as if everybody was injected with a playoff shot. And um, then, of course, you know, those two goals that brought it back was just that place came off in 19 seconds. It was just I could. And <laughs> my seat partner, she had to leave. She had to go use it. And uh, she came back and our whole immediate section is, is like, you have to leave now. So, <laughs> you know. Oh, because she missed the all karma all points. Good stuff. Yeah, the karma points, right? <laughs> right, right. Anyway, yeah, uh, fantastic. Yeah, I, but it's just I, such a bummer. The end result. Yeah, no, and I, I was saying Lake, and then, but also I, I, I kind of also met Amico Ranton, and he's also been kind of a crack killer. Yes. Got two goals in that. Yes, game. he will be. Nathan McKinnon, two, and McKinnon is so fast. Like when he had a breakaway, I'm like, oh no, oh no. Uh, I mean, I've seen you know Grubauer stopped some good shots from McKinnon, but I, that one breakaway in particular was like. Well, oh, remember Sprong? Sprong fell down on that one. Remember? Yeah, no, first, sure, he did. I was like, yeah. as soon as he fell, I thought, oh shit, that's it. Don Toast, all that stuff. Um, you know, you're yeah. I mean, watching McKinnon is like watching um, McDavid. Two different styles, very group. similar. Yeah, they're too well, but really they're too different because. You know, to me, McKinnon's a power strike uh, skater, and he's he's just more of a solid guy, low center center gravity, even though he's a bigger, thick guy. Um, and 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 McDavid is Mr. Hands, and, and at speed, he can coast at speed. Once he gets his speed up, he's a different player that way. But it's like McKinnon is one of those guys that's like, you know, get on my back, and we're gonna win this shit type of deal. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter where they're at. If they're down, it's like he's. You can just single-handedly see him take the game over and say, "All right, guys, you can follow me. I, I'm going to get this going." Okay. Anyway, I just knew a couple of those zone breaks in and out that it was just going to be ugly, and it was. And that's the one beef I have about last night's game is I saw. I wasn't happy with Hacks' uh, management of the game as far as uh, a lot of line match. There was a there was a lot of blown coverage last night um, and a lot of running around in the zone, tired zone stuff. And that comes down to mismatching. And I just didn't like that it was managed. Also I was, is, you know, I didn't hear other than, I mean, geeky was a scratch and I was kind of surprised at that um, because they put him on the wing for the other games on the second line, which got my eyebrows up. And he actually had a good game one. You know, he yeah. scored. Well, he he got hurt, good. I guess. He's did he? I wasn't they were sure. They're asking Hextel what's his prognosis. They don't know. Yeah, he's he's got some injuries. Okay, I didn't even hear that. Well, then put it on IR. Well, and of course, yeah. Well, no, no. Nah, I, mean, I don't know if it's just it may be just for a day. Who knows? But yeah, I don't. I mean, I didn't know that. They. I mean, that's what I. That's what they were alluding to today. That's that's how I took okay. it. But, but I mean, they were down three to one, and, and and I agree with everything you just said. But but then you know. Alexiak had that nice little oh. you know, full flip. Oh, I, man. Think, I think it was going in. And then Matty, you know, less than a minute later, boom, boom, boom. All of a sudden, 19 seconds. Well, so let's get back on that because, you know, there's all that all happened in front of our face. Yeah. And uh, the Alexiak goal just blew my mind. I like, because he kind of held it, he got, he got it at the, you know, 10 feet inside the blue line. And he, he started skating forward and made one little slight move, not even at speed, but, you know, being a big guy can be deceiving when you make a move. Sometimes it's like, Oh shit. Anyway. So he cuts in and he gets, and he goes on a, on a stride, one stride and then a backhand top, right top glove. And I thought, Holy, that's, that's Alexiak. You know, they kind of reminds yeah. me like, 
it kind of reminds me like I even know Chara had more skill at that kind of stuff. But once you do like the weird stuff, like the spinorama, and they called it the ballerina or whatever, and he'd do it and he'd score. And I go, now he needs to do that like every fourth game. You know, you see something like that, it's like, do it. Yeah, do it more. Wasn't expecting that from Jamie for sure, you know. No, but that often gave him a little life. It sounded crazy loud Ugh. on the TV, and I'm sure it was deafening where you so were. And then when Maddie did it, then all of a Ugh. sudden, because they were looking a little tight, it was like, oh gosh, this yes, is not gonna, this is going to be ugly. And then, oh, never mind. And then you know, they rejuvenated right there. Yeah, I mean, right there, it was Todd. Todd Lewicki called it blow the roof off this thing and they did but sadly that third period you oh, know i was all jacked up for a, i was all, and mckinnon <laughs> i was i was all ready for like okay this is playoff third period hockey he's gonna go back and forth i'm gonna be stressed to beat shit um you know just i was totally ready for it but frankly the way they came out it's just if you look at the bubble on the flow chart man the abs just owned it and uh that was it, man. So it was so bummy because once we pulled and we pulled it like what three and a half pretty early. Uh, once we pulled, we had good pressure, but all it took was that one out. And as soon as it happens, I just before it, I said to Don, I said, They score an empty netter. I'm out. I'm going. And she goes, Me too. And as soon as they got it, oh, boom, so you didn't that see the out. Goal? I did. In fact, I, I made it to about the uh ice cream kiosk and it went off. And I go, oh, I guess we scored. No, actually, I was going up the escalator. That's right. I said, oh, I guess we scored. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, that was a nice goal, even you know. though like there was no, you know, much pat on the back or any kind of hoopla, obviously. Right. Of Less course. A minute left. But uh, it was nice just to make the score a little better, I guess. But yeah, six to four, the final on that one. Um, you know, Yorgiev makes, you know, you can get by that guy, but he does make some really great saves. Grubauer, I mean, yeah. I it's, agree. It's the wheels. He looked fine first two, you know, yeah, most was, of the periods he's been playing, he's looked fine. The wheels kind of fell off yeah. on third. But, uh, I mean, no, he you had, can't, had 28 he, stops. Yeah, you can't write it off on him. He uh, he played all right. I, it was just, you know, it was the McKinnon, McCarr, and Ranton and show for the most part. Those guys just took control of the game and, and did the things they had to do when they're supposed to do it. Um. I don't know. It's tough. Yeah, it is what it is. They're down two games to one as we record this. We've got uh, game four coming up, uh, which you're going to be at. Uh, which yes, I am. This this will be this will be uh, released probably just prior to the game. Um, be really interesting to see how they respond. Uh, you know, are they pissed? I mean, because they. I, you know, there's a thought that, okay, maybe everybody's not that they're not going to try hard, but there's, there's like this looseness, like there's not as much pressure on this team. They're just happy to be there. But right. I think we, after you win that first game though, now you get more game face on and, they, and I bet you they're going to be coming out hard, not, not making any predictions. They're going to win game four, but I, I feel like they could pounce back on this. I agree. You know, I, I'm sitting there thinking like, all right, how do you how do you exit each game? What's your strategy at practice? What are you looking at on the film? And I don't think you can correct anything other than, you know, the the Haxtell puck pressure system isn't going to change overnight. It's going to be what it is. You just got to be 100% solid on your decision-making. But I saw a lot of running around last night that shouldn't have happened, and that's a result of it. So 
Maybe you can soften up a little bit. I don't know. But, man, uh, well, the good thing is, is Allison's going to the game, and I think she's got a 4-0 record this year. So we'll Allison, see. your wife, <laughs> by the way. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, we'll Hopefully. see. Good, good. Bring the good juju there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You know, the, meanwhile, you know, you know, looking back at the the this last game, the six to four game. I mean, they've been hitting well. 30, 38 to thirty one hits, nineteen to ten blocks. Um, but uh, and even faceoffs. Well, yeah, faceoffs is still face off. Yeah, you know, stupid. forty forty two percent, and that's even <clears throat> higher than usual sometimes. And the yeah. power play, oh man, one for six. Oh, well, if so, it weren't for Schwartzy getting that last night, I mean, otherwise yeah. it'd be empty. So right. I mean, he fi- we finally got one, but it's too late, and it was we also had an empty center. So I mean, what's you know whatever or so, we goalie, I mean, we're so. seeing some good play, and they're getting a decent amount of shots. Uh, it's well, just these other little things that I you mean, get touched on. Well, here's a couple of team stats for you. Uh, goals fours, we're kind of hanging out where we were all year, a little light, but three. It's okay. Our goals against is up a little bit, uh, which is not characteristic of us. Our power play sucks at a 9.1 right now, even though it's early in. Our PK is 100%. That's fine. Um, shots four is actually up a little bit. So we're firing the biscuit probably more. And I've always said, playoff hockey, shoot from everywhere shoot often because it doesn't effing matter and then and it seems like shots are get, more more than we see in yes it game. it does i know they've been working on that uh that philosophy before the playoffs so you could tell now here's a stat the shots against which we are usually really good in, in the in the top three four in the league all regular season we're we're up right now at 36.7 that's uncharacteristic that's about uh i think we we're hanging out at 27 something before so that's like almost nine shots a game more on the D mm. we're allowing, which is not, that can't happen. Um, don't even want to talk about the face-off thing. We never, I'm not supposed to talk about that ever again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <Time> <laughs> I, to ignore. Um, I even, yeah. So, you know, here's a surprise. So Justin Schultz is leading in points with one goal and three assists, uh, which is, he's doing his power, or I want to say power play duty, and we haven't done anything on the PP, but he's doing some stuff on five on five. And Schwartz, uh, two goals, one assist, three points. Winnie's one and two. Yanni is three assists, but more importantly, he's one of the plus players at plus three. Um, Geeky was looking okay, but apparently he's scratch injury right now when he was a plus two. Now, here's a weird one. Susie's a plus three. I thought he had an absolutely horrible game last night. You know, he stupid penalties. Um, I just thought he was, he didn't look good. He had some bonehead stuff, but whatever. Every player's going to do that, but I'm kind of surprised he's hanging out at plus three. Um, And Jesper Froden, you know, I I realize he's only up because he's a slot for where we're at because of injuries and stuff, but uh, I haven't seen anything out of him. I, never mind. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, I can send him home there. That's that's all right. I know. But uh, yeah, no, it's, um, whatever we'll we'll hope for the best here uh you know game uh four on uh monday the 24th game five back at colorado on the 25th so we're going to try to have uh some stuff to talk about on uh 26 probably coming out on the 27th so uh stay tuned for that folks uh also some other stuff to to interesting things to talk about or or notable i should say uh coachella valley firebirds 
got past uh, on Roadrunners in the first round. So they're already on to the next round against the uh, Colorado Eagles. And the uh, yeah. very strange, it's actually two out of three uh, on you know, that first, first yeah. round. So uh, Coachella yeah. won, you know, a two out of three from Tucson. So now they take on the Colorado Eagles and uh, congrats to them. I think the only I think the only uh, uh, comment beyond that shit uh, we can say is how user unfriendly the AHL website is. Oh my god! It's like I I don't go there often. Obviously, I you know when I go there is when some of our draftees end up there, like Shane Wright or whoever. And every time I go there, the navigation is so. I don't know. the The page looks good, but you they well, do the everything. Teams, back I was going to gonna say the team looks good, but then when you go to the AHL one, like for instance, I'm right. at playoff brackets, and I'm just trying to find. I had to hit playoff yeah. tracker brackets. It doesn't show everything. It's in yeah. a weird order, and uh, I think somebody's intern is doing this website. I don't know. Just uh, yeah, it's just you like, go to there's Coachella no way one, and you want to find out a little bit more, like the standings and things. Yeah. It's not an not cool. easy find. So no, it's not. And like, how hard could it be, actually? Seriously. Anyway, and you know, in that game, Shane Wright got the game winner. Uh, so Shane, <laughs> yeah, to say it, didn't we? So yeah, Shane got the game winner. He's actually looking good. Um, it'll be interesting to see uh how that ends up, you know, how far they run. Because, well, hopefully you know, they get a lot should... of fun because this is giving him some playoff experience at a much higher level. Yep. In junior league and you know he's yep. playing with some guys that one foot in the nhl so yep this could be really good for him for next year with, with seattle yeah and no matter what he does with all his weird experience he's had in the last year between international junior ahl uh junior with two different clubs nhl he has like five different things he's been involved with his game his game total numbers is not that high because of how he's jumped around at the timing of everything. So he needs to do as much as he possibly can to, you know, modify those legs and like he put in a full season because he remember that one year in the OHL, the year before last, they didn't even play pretty much. So his his game time is down for how old he is and where he is, but this will be really good for him. Yeah. All right. Well, keep going, Firebirds. Uh, hopefully they keep yep. moving on. Hopefully the Kraken keep moving on. They can tie the series up and move on, and uh, I can be around for the second round. Yes, please. If that works out. Yeah, you need to go louder. First. And maybe they can improve yep. on the uh, outside arena experience as it goes on. So we'll yeah. see. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I, notable is the sad news about Andy. If you want to talk a little bit about uh, Andy, uh, Jim, you, you knew. Yeah, you had Eddie Eyed. You had a uh, – well, he was a writer – and uh, it was nice they did a nice tribute to him. Uh, I, I understand at at the at the arena, right? Yeah, they. So Andy was, uh, you know, what was it, 2012, writing on the beat for the the T Birds, and he was yes. kind of their guy. He, you know, he was covering all the details uh, every game. And then he he ended up uh, when when the Kraken got a team, he ended up being a beat reporter for. You know, having their own, you know, the writer and the and everything else, he would stubble it out with NHL.com at times, and use, and he still worked Tiber stuff at times. Yep. Um, and part and of the sound quite, of hockey uh, crew, there with yes. John Barr and all those guys. Yes, yeah. he was. And I remember I used to listen to those early, early days of Sound of Hockey, and I used to sit there because I used to call up or or whatever, or send in emails or text, whatever they used to do back then, 
And I just remember hearing Andy's laugh and it was just, it was always chuckling along the whole thing. It was pretty mm-hmm. funny. Um, just a genuine dude. And I actually, the first time I ever met him was at the Angry Beaver at some hockey function. This is many years ago on one of those, uh, you know, hockey uh, Q&A type things at the Beaver. When, if you go back to it, there's a lot of the original people that are, that are still heavily involved in the community were all there. And there was some media folks. And I met him there, didn't talk much, but I did have a good talk with him the day uh, we were given uh, granted a franchise at Henry's there. Uh, at that oh, Henry's or at South Lake Union. Yeah, the big uh, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was still one of the funnest, coolest days of the whole hockey life for me growing up as far as big moments. And I had to sit down with him. Uh, so we just got involved talking and I knew who he was because I knew he was involved and uh, we just end up talking about stuff where we're at with this, and he's just a super genuine guy. Really loved in the community, uh, really knowledgeable about the game. Pretty much all self-taught over the years, uh, and just watching and, and educating himself. And um, you know, he had um, he had a stroke before the Edmonton game on March 18th. Um, nobody really knew about it. It was kept quiet until. Later in the evening, we started seeing some tweets and like people were starting to pay attention, like, oh, what's going on here? And it soon turns out, yeah, he was, you know, admitted to Harborview with a, an aneurysm or, uh, and he was in the hospital for quite some time. I believe it was, uh, I believe he passed on April 14th. So, but uh, it was, it was a very, very sad thing for the hockey community and everybody's been reaching out. They had a, a fundraising page that was getting a lot of action. Um, it's just a big deal. And and the Kraken has have done a couple tribute things. Uh, coaching staff has said a few things at the podium. Um, they had a thing on the screen last on the twins last night. I took a picture of it. Uh, people have self-created some hashtags with Andy, you know, for Andy, kind of like the old hockey sticks out, sticks out for Andy type of thing. Right. Uh, so it's just a big deal and it's sad and he'll, he'll always be remembered and he was huge in the community man and we just want to send our best out to the family anybody related to him john and you guys over sound of hockey man you know we listen to you guys big time and and i know it's a big deal and i i'd really like to sit down and chat to you guys when i can someday about that anyway and then you get that out to the community because everybody is yep a- amen to that jim condolences to uh, all of andy's friends and family from uh, all of us here at Kraken FanCast. All right, some more hockey coming up. Uh, Jim, you and your wife, Willem, to a victory. And uh, we'll have more more talk a, a little bit probably after, right after um, Game 5, which will help sure. after the last one. They'll be going on a Game 6 and beyond. And we'll, you know, we're we'll going to will you to a game, Chris. And they're going to will me to a game. i got to be there for round yes. two. Dang yeah, my all my work travel stuff that I've got to do. But uh, anyway... This was awesome. Thanks, Jim, uh, for making the extra time here. Yep. And thanks to all of you for listening to us here at Kraken FanCast. We'll be back real soon for more playoff hockey talk uh, for Jim Cockrell, our buddy Nathan Gunderson, who hopefully will join us on the next one, and our producer, Jay Middleton. Thank you very much for listening. And as always, we say, go Kraken! Go Kraken!